welcome to another episode of AM Blended Families Podcast. I'm your host, Arminta McKinney, owner of Arminta McKinney Photography and AM Blended Families. Today, we'll be discussing making major decisions. Joining me today, I have T. Miller, and we'll be discussing her blended family and how they approach making these decisions. Tia, thank you so much for joining me today and welcome. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. And so just to give you all a little background about Tia, um, she reached out to me a few years ago to do her own blended family photo shoot. And for me, that was a real wake up call. And it was a wake up call because it had been on my heart for years to do something with blended families. I wanted to be able to do a photo aspect of it because I'm a photographer, but I also wanted to be able to spread light to the positive sides of things. And so when you reached out to me, that was like the final push I needed to get things going. And slowly AM Blended Families finally was birthed after that. So, so thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm glad we could be a part of, you know, giving you that shot that you needed. Yes, yes, yes. I need, I, I needed it. I needed that kick in the butt. So thank you. Um, so tell me a little bit to get things going about your blended family. Sure. So my husband, Vincent, and I have one child together. Um, Mr. Jackson is one. And then I have two daughters from a previous relationship that are 10 and 13. And he has a daughter from a previous relationship that are 13. that's 13. So our girls are only about three months apart. Nice. Yes. So lots of fun. Um, He lived in Virginia. I lived in Maryland. I'm sorry. He lived in Virginia. I lived in Maryland. So we were doing plenty of the blending on all fronts. (laughs) And so about how long after you guys met, did you introduce each other to the girls? Yeah, the girls. (laughs) So initially we waited about, I waited a lot longer to meet his daughter, um, but he met my girls at church probably about two months after we started dating, but they didn't know who he was. It was just kind of a generic, come in, sit next to us. Um, Oh, mommy's friend came to see the same play that we saw. And so he had a chance to meet them in a very neutral environment, which is something that's always been important to me. Um, you know, when you're introducing anyone to your kids, give, let them meet on their turf. Don't make it awkward for them. And so, Mm -hmm. um, even when it comes to their dad and he's introducing them to the young ladies in his life, it's always on a neutral territory. And so that was important to me when Vincent met the girls. And then when I met his daughter, I met her at the swimming pool. So she had an opportunity to be around me if she wanted, but if Mm -hmm. she didn't, she also wasn't in kind of a threatening environment. I love that. I love that idea. And so how are your relationships with the other parents? So we have good relationships. Um, I don't, you know, it's, we're 13 years into this. And so Uh it's, we've had an opportunity to build it. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. My daughter's father, I mean, it started off with the normal, not normal, but it started off rather contentious and we had to learn to grow and get to the point of being able to work together and to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And now I think I probably talk to him every day. Um, (laughs) And then Mm -hmm. with, Marcus's ex-wife, uh, sorry, Vincent's ex-wife, we go, I use them interchangeably. Um, mm-hmm. But with Vincent's ex-wife, I probably talk to her more than he does. I'm pretty sure I talk to her a few times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And most of the decision-making that happens in our house is a result of she and I co-parenting together. (laughs) So he likes to think of it as, you know, you guys are co-parenting when I'm just signing off whenever you need a legal signature. (laughs) (laughs) I love it when the dynamics change and um, go that way, because I was telling you how when we did our reporting with my planet family, that was one of the things that we discussed how, you know, she and I, I'm close with both of them, but she and I, you know, have gotten to the point where he's kind of moved out of the equation sometimes and we do our own thing. And then it's like, well, you know, we'll get this done faster if we just do it versus trying to get in touch with him and going back and forth that way. And that makes all the difference in the world. It does. It really, really does. And so in saying all of that and how you all, you get along with his ex-wife now, were there certain boundaries that you all had set up when things were fresh and new? So I think there was a lot of relationship building that had to get set up from the onset. Um, when, right after we got married, the, the girls, you know, called us Mr. Miss Tia and Mr. Marcus. And it drove me insane because it's such a personal <laughs> relationship. And yeah. so I remember maybe a week after we got married, sitting down with the girls and saying, okay, you guys have to figure out a name that you'd like to call us. Um, and they went through their own deliberations. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, eventually it got down to, well, I'd like to call you stepdad, um, but I'll just call you dad for short. And his daughter said, well, then I'll call um, your mom's stepmom, but I'll just call her mom for short. And so my girls call their dad, daddy, and they call my husband, dad. And likewise, one calls her mom, mommy, and she calls me mom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so the first conversation went with their parents, once that switched over was a lot of boundary setting, you know, I'm not looking to take her place as your mom. I'm not yeah, looking exactly. to take your place as her mom. And it was kind mm-hmm. of a, she's calling you mom. I'm not sure what's happening here. So <laughs> it's kind of interesting watching it, um, develop, I think you kind of have a little bit of territorialness. Mm-hmm, it's natural, mm-hmm. I feel like when you're establishing any relationship, it's kind of a, this is who I am. You can't take my place. But as we started hanging out and, you know, getting to know each other, once she got to see my style with respect to the girls and I got to see um, Marcus's style, it kind of helped things to develop this trust. And I think from the trust, a lot of the boundaries kind of flowed a little bit more naturally. I like that. I like that a lot. And I, especially like with how they came up with their own names and I can see how initially the other parents were like, Hmm, mom and dad. Okay. What's, <laughs> what's, what's happening. But if they heard their reasoning and how it came to be, I think that makes it a little more understanding. I'm like, okay, you know, this came from a place of love. And what I've I found is because our girls are the same age, it also came from a place of inclusiveness because mm. what um, Gwen said to me was when we go out with Kira and Kari, who are my daughters, mm-hmm. it's tough. they're calling you mom and everyone knows that you guys are a family. But because I'm uh, calling you Miss Tia, it mm-hmm. makes me feel like I'm on the outside. Oh, so yes. When I'm calling you mom, it makes nobody knows whether you're my mom, you're their mom. It's just we're all one family. And that was very important to her. And I never considered it from that aspect I, love said, that. I don't want to be on the outside I love that and I can understand that as well yeah and so you guys are in family now you've kind of got your boundaries set up what about discipline how does that work <laughs> discipline was a tough one um and discipline still has its days sometimes mm-hmm. it was very important to me that our girls not be treated differently 
mm-hmm. particularly because they are the same age. There's three months between my oldest and his daughter. And mm-hmm. so what we found was if they got in trouble and the girls were home with me, because um, my husband works a lot and his mm-hmm. job is very demanding. And so if the girls were home with me and I would say, you know, you're on punishment. And when you get home, when your dad gets home, you're going to be on punishment. It created this two track system in our house oh, and gosh. it created a lot of resentment. And Mm -hmm. so we had to sit down pretty early on and say, if you love me and, you know, part of the reason we got married is because you trust me as a parent, then you have to Mm -hmm. trust me as a parent. And Mm -hmm. the same went for him. Um, You know, I'm not used to having anyone discipline the girls. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so he said, you know, if you trust me, you have to trust me. But it was very important for us not to establish a two track system of depending on which parent is at home kind of depends on who gets disciplined. And Mm -hmm. so the rule became. If I'm here, you're going to get disciplined. We're not doing the delayed. When your dad gets home or when your mom gets home, then you're going to get in trouble. But you're Mm -hmm. in trouble right now. All three of them get lined up. And if one of them is getting in trouble, all three of them are getting in trouble. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And very early on, I remember uh, Marcus and I have probably been married for about a year. And Gwen said, I'm going to call my mom. And I'm telling Uh my mom. (laughs) And I said, well, let's call your mom together. Together, I can give her some context Uh to this conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think she was a bit surprised once she got on the phone with her mom and her mom said, well, you know, that's not how you should be acting. So then after that, when it comes to discipline, particularly if I know it's something, you know, if it's go to your room for a while and think about it, I don't feel inclined to call her mom. But if it's something I'm taking away a privilege or if it's something more severe, I normally will get her mom on the phone so that she can see that we're on the same page. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we have to work it out behind the scenes. Like she Mm -hmm. may say, you know, I think this punishment was too severe or, you know, I don't necessarily think that she was completely at fault here, but we have those conversations behind the scenes. It's this is you're at mom's house. This is what the punishment is. And it Mm -hmm. will also carry over when you come here. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot because I, I can say Miles sometimes, and he still would do this. He'll um, be at his dad's house, but and so he'll have an issue with something, and he'll text me about it. And it's like you're at your dad's house right now. Go find your father over fine court and talk to them about it. Like you're gonna be fine. I, you're over there. I don't make the rules over there at that house. You have to work with them on that. And even look, they were out of town this weekend and I packed him cords for his devices and a portable charger. And on the way back, the day they were leaving, they, um, he's texting me all morning long because he can't find these chargers. And I'm like, well, you guys are getting ready to come back at this point. You're ready to get on your plane, the flight back home. I know they're there or either you left them at your dad's house. And, um, I'm cracking up because I knew it was his dad. I knew it was him and his dad looking for the stuff. Because they never found it. So when I go to pick him up and I'm at their house and he brings me the bag, where were the cords? They were sitting right in the pocket. I told him they were in the whole time. And so his stepmom and I are bursting out laughing. I'm like, because I knew she didn't look for it because I knew it was your dad. Because she would have found it. <laughs> it was right. <laughs> the mom would have found it. But I just, I know how he does where he will reach out to me or vice versa if he's, if he's mad at me and he'll call his dad. <laughs> and we, at the point now, we just laugh because it's like, what did your mom say? That's what he'll say to him. Like, no, we're going to go with whatever she said to do. Or if she, if you're at my house or vice versa, you know, that's how the rules work. And I think that's so important for consistency and stability. You know, it kind of keeps kids from being able to play, you know, both sides against the middle. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And even if they're not even doing it intentionally, but just to know that there's a there's a system to this, you know, this 
we love you. We all love you the same and everything is done out of love. So you'll be okay. <laughs> you'll be okay. And so um, for us, you know, we have our ways of doing, I guess, some of the bigger decisions that, you know, if you made in terms of Miles and what he's doing and what's going on with him. So what is the process that you all go through for these things? So it's interesting. Um, most of the time, I get to be the one to make the decisions um, on both sides, which is kind mm-hmm. of nice. Um, <laughs> what Gwen's mom has said is generally you're not making decisions for one kid. You're making decisions for three kids. And mm-hmm. so I know that if you're making a decision and you've decided that this is good enough for your girls, then it's something that you've looked at, you've researched. And I know that that means it's good enough for Gwen as well. I like um, that. And their dad says, you know, I know when it comes to the girls' education, those type of things, I'm pretty sure that you've run down all of the hatches. So um, those are kind of nice. Sometimes we do get to the more challenging decisions. Um, I think as I was sharing with you, uh, you have these moments that you realize that you're really in a blended family. Mm -hmm. Um, We had one recently with the girls and getting their COVID vaccines. Uh Mm-hmm. And so this year they're turning 14 and I wanted to have a conversation with each girl about how they felt. I'm very big on, you know, this is your body. And I want you to be able to have a conversation about what you would like to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so having that conversation with each of the parents separately was just different. And so I know Gwen's mom and I were on a different page about um, how she felt about Gwen getting the vaccine. Okay. And at the end of the discussion, it was kind of a, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And it hurt a bit because Mm -hmm. I felt like, wow, you know, in 90% of the instances I'm mom, but Mm -hmm. there are those times that she is her mother and I have to respect that, but it just Mm -hmm. was difficult. Um, And so we, we circled back. I talked to my husband and I let him know how I felt about it. And we weren't in differing places as to the ultimate decision. It was just how we got there. Right. And so I expressed to him, this is how I felt. And he said, well, do you want me to reach out to her? And normally I don't do that because I try to keep the lines of communication between she and I open. But Mm -hmm. I think sometimes in the decision-making process that there is that distinction, unfortunately, between the legal parent. Um, I can't make her do anything. Um, Mm -hmm. I can only speak from my place as mom and -hmm. the mother in this household. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think that sometimes we do have those tough decisions. We had one when we were trying to decide what high school the girls would go to. And -hmm. in those cases, he and I normally will get on the same page. And once we've gotten on the same page, then he'll have a conversation with Gwen's mom and they're able to work things out. But I think that by and large, those are the few and far between the the Mm -hmm. kind of major decisions, the, where are we going to school? The, you know, how are we funding college? Those Mm -hmm. type of decisions, but um, the day-to-day things, I think we're able to deal with pretty seamlessly. I love it. And especially with um, that's vaccines and things of that nature are, uh, I won't say touchy topics, but they can be touchy topics and how, you know, even, I know for us, when we were talking about it, I know I felt one way initially and they felt another way. And so, again, it was something that we both, all of us went around for a few times. And so we eventually all were on the same page. And, um, but to get there, it was, I don't want to say it was hard, but it was just one of those things that, you know, we, we had to take our time and make our way through the process. I know for me, I don't do change well. I do change. I mean, I can take, I do, 
I can do change. <laughs> I don't do it well in the moment. I need time to process and to really think things through. And then usually if it's something that I initially agree with, I'm on board with it. I just, I need time. And I think in terms of things that we deal with within the family, sometimes time is like your best friend in, in terms of everyone being on the same page and agreeing and feeling great about whatever the decision is that needed to be made. And it's funny you should say that. We did counseling before we got married. And one of the aspects of counseling we did specifically felt focused on blended families. And mm-hmm. what the counselor said to us is keep in mind that it's not actually a blender, it's a crock pot. And so when Mm -hmm. you put everything in a crock pot, it cooks slow and Mm -hmm. everything maintains its own individuality. When you blend it all together, it gets chopped up and it loses a sense of who everyone is as an individual, but it happens fast. He said, put the things into a crock pot and let them cook slow and you will be so much happier with the end result. And so when you say that, it reminds me, yep, sometimes these things do go slow. Sometimes it's, okay, I have to make a decision today that you don't. Give it a chance to simmer. Give it a chance to cook cook, give everybody a chance to maintain their flavor. And then at the end of it, you'll be happier with the ultimate decision. And that's something that we've been married five years now. Mm -hmm. We've been together seven years, but that's something that we try to incorporate all the time. If there's a decision, whether, you know, we just purchased a new house and we were trying to figure out how far the house could be from the other parents. And Mm -hmm. it was a hold on, let's mm-hmm. think about it. Let's not let, you know, emotions get the best of us mm-hmm. um, because ultimately I think we'll get on the same page, but let's talk it out. Let's give everybody a chance to process at their own speed. And I think we'll get to the same place. I absolutely, look, I said, okay, I had to take a note just now. I have to use that crockpot theory. I really, I, I love that. I don't, I don't think that's the first time I've heard that, but I like, I really like that a lot because again, you don't want to just, blend everything and lose who you are, you want to take the time. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. It definitely sticks with you when you think about, if you're, when you're thinking about cooking and it's like, oh, wait, yes, I can taste the carrots in this pot roast. I can taste yes. every member of this house has their own flavor that you mm-hmm. still get to keep. But you know, that process just takes a little bit of time. Um, yes. <laughs> and what would be, what you think, is, I guess, the number one focus that you all try to focus on in your blended family? So we have a sign in our hall that says, not step, not half, just family. And I think that that really captures what we try to achieve in our family. And that's Mm -hmm. not breaking everyone out into small groups. Um, Mm -hmm. We're not... You know, we have different last names, which was a, its own struggle with the kids. You know, does this mean we're two separate families? We're one family. Um, mm-hmm. We're not breaking it out into, well, you're a half sibling or you're a step sibling. We're all sisters. We're all, you know, that's our brother. And so the girls were at the doctor's office recently and the doctor said, okay, so you guys are stepsisters. And before I could even say anything, they corrected the doctor and said, we're sisters. We don't break these down into small parts. Yes, girls. Mm -hmm. And so it's been so important for us to not let the world divide us and to not Mm -hmm. break us out into small parts. And so I think that that's what we've really tried to capture. Um, I I joke with one's mom that if you look at my flexible spending account, it's broken down into four kids. There are four kids in equal parts. It doesn't say (laughs) which ones I gave birth to. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When I contribute to their college savings accounts, it's in equal parts. It doesn't say which ones I gave birth to. And so we really focus on these are our children. These are not Mm -hmm. yours, mine. These are ours. Um, 
And because we've adopted that approach, I feel like they've been able to assimilate to the relationship very quickly. Um, that it's, you know, this is my sister, this is my brother. We may not always agree, but we're a family. We love each other and we're going to get through this because we're not going anywhere. There's nothing that you can say or do that's going to break us apart because, you know, we're bound together. We are a family. And I think that that's something that has been important to us. And I can see where it's really been instilled in the girls. That is awesome. One of my favorite quotes I like to discuss is, if I knew then what I know now, how would you end that? If I knew then what I know now, hmm. I would have probably worked a little bit more on the onset of developing that relationship, both with um, with Gwen earlier on in the process. I mean, we knew each other, we knew of each other, but I didn't realize until she got a little bit older, some of the kind of disconnect that she associated with the end of her parents' marriage and the beginning of mm. our relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's something that just came out in the past few months. Uh, she asked me ah. for a timeline. And I, it didn't dawn on me in my mind, you know, okay, your parents. A timeline? Up. Hmm? A timeline? She asked me for a timeline. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but in her 13-year-old mind, what mm-hmm. she was trying to reconcile was whether or not I was the cause of the end of their relationship. Ah, uh, so it was a timeline that I was saying, you know, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but. It, it didn't dawn on either of us. I mean, I think from him, it was, uh, you know, well, we ended our relationship. She knew, you know, mommy and daddy love, love you, but we're no longer going to be together. You know, all the things that you go through in the process mm-hmm. of a divorce, but mm-hmm. we didn't take the time to necessarily smooth that transition over to when I came along. And there was a year gap between when her parents separated and when he and I started dating. But in mm-hmm. her mind, she didn't realize that. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so recently she's kind of like, write this out for me, help me to understand, you know, where you came along in all of this. And so mm-hmm. I think in retrospect, if I really looked at it, I would have tried to make sure at that beginning stage, she understood, you know, your parents' relationship is over. Um, I'm not coming in and trying to change that. And likewise, I think we paid more attention to making sure my girls knew, you know, Daddy and mommy are done and, you know, dad coming into the picture doesn't change that. But I just associated his divorce being final and assuming that, you know, everything, all of her emotions had been dealt with during the divorce process and didn't really realize, you know, okay, well, coming into a new relationship, we need to make sure that she understands what that bridge looks like. Um, so when you're looking at it seven years later and seeing these questions come up, it's kind mm-hmm. of like, oh, we could have probably done a better job at helping you to really understand what went into kind of that transition period. Very, very good point. And I've never thought about that. And um, when starting a new relationship with somebody that, you know, that would be something good to go over just because the, some of the things that kids think of, you just would never, um, never imagine. Kids' minds wander. And I feel like now the more access they have to shows and the internet, mm-hmm, and you're mm-hmm. seeing all of these kind of influences. Well, you see on a show, you know, dad started dating this woman and he left his wife. And it's like, oh, wait, is that what happened in our circumstance? Um, and they, the longer that you're together, the more they kind of lose 
lose sense of, nope, there was a very long break there. Mm -hmm, I think just mm -hmm. having those conversations really does a lot to establish trust with the new person coming in that, you know, I'm not the enemy. I'm not here to break up anything that was happening. And so I think in hindsight, it's something we could have smoothed over a little bit better. (laughs) I like that. Um, Is there any advice that you would like to give to um, any other families besides that who are just in the beginning process or who maybe are are in the have been blending for a while, but maybe feeling a little stuck or something. Any advice you would give? Sure. So, I mean, I think the biggest piece is, and you've probably told a million people, is just communication and having open and honest communication. I think so many times when you're initially blending a family, you're dealing with just the raw emotion, and you mm-hmm. have to take people where they are. You have to take their feelings and their feelings are real for them. And so I think until you deal with the hurt, until you deal with the wrap up of the relationship, trying to blend those families together is tough because you have kids who, you know, that's their mom. They don't want to see their mom hurt. That's their dad. They don't want to see their dad hurt. So when you have a a chance to sit down and really deal with the emotions and bring true closure to that relationship, I think that that's really imperative for the health of the relationship moving forward. Once my girls could see, you know, your dad and I, we're good. We have a good relationship. Like we get along, we can talk. Then I felt feel like they were more accepting of my husband because Mm -hmm. they didn't feel like, you know, well, daddy's feelings are going to be hurt. Um, Similarly, when Gwen saw her mom and I able to go out and hang out, it's like, okay, well, mommy, I don't have to worry about if I like you, mommy's feelings being hurt. Mm -hmm. I think before you can get to that place, adults have to really resolve whatever underlying issues are there so that the kids truly do feel comfortable in the relationship. And I think once that happens, it it takes the relationship to a new level in terms of just being able to work together as a blended family. Exactly. Beautifully said. Tia, thank you so, so very much for joining me today and discussing a few things blended with me. I really, really appreciate it having you here and learning more about you all. Thank you for having me. This was fun. It was. I learned a lot and gave me my new favorite quote. I'm going to work on this uh, crock pot situation here. I really love that and I cannot wait to share that. <laughs>